Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Dr. Kim, one of your hosts. And I'm Dr. Jeannie, your other host. And today we have a very special show for you. Dog tags and puppies behind bars helping war veterans. And I think this is, for me, this is very special. You know, Jeannie and I are both daughters of veterans. I'm um, the wife of a veteran. So um, this show has a lot of meaning for us. And also, because we do focus on the human-animal bond, this show is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like the motto of this program. And I'm going to just start it out before we bring in our special guest today. Prisons are changing lives one dog at a time, and dogs are changing lives one person at a time. And that's really the focus of this whole show. Today we're going to have with us um, NBC's PetSide.com producer and writer, Ellison Bucalo, I hope I pronounced that correctly, and also the president and founder of the Puppies Behind Bars and Dog Tags program, Gloria Gilbert Stoga. And so it's, it's probably going to be pretty fast, huh, Jeannie, with four women? It's going to be too fast, I'm afraid. We may yeah. have to have them back on again. I know. Before we hear from our guests, we're just going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. As usual, it's very quick. So hang on. We'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally. Pet Talk Naturally. We'll be right back. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. 
As we said before the um, short commercial, today we're speaking with Allison Bucala. Did I say that right, Allison? Yep, that's fine. <laughs> okay, and she is with NBCPetSide.com. And that's a great website, by the way, so we hope you guys will visit that site. And we're also visiting today with Gloria Gilbert Stoga. She is the president and founder of the Puppies Behind Bars program. Interestingly enough, we first found out about Puppies Behind Bars through the Fetch Dog program. So that was interesting. And then we'd like to thank uh, Laura Goldberg for um, alerting us to this new dog tag program uh, with Puppies Behind Bars. And uh, she is the, uh, I think she's your communications consultant for NBCPetSide.com also, isn't she, Allison? Yes, she is. Okay, so thank you, Laura, for um, orchestrating this show today. And anyway, so what I'd like to first hear is from uh, Gloria, as she, if you will tell us, Gloria, first of all, your background, and then about this program, Puppies Behind Bars. Um, my background actually has nothing to do with either dogs or corrections. I, I have, however, been in the nonprofit world for about 25 years. But when I started Puppies Behind Bars 11 years ago, it was based on a program that a veterinarian in Florida came up with. His name is Dr. Thomas Lane, and he started the first prison guide dog program in the United States. I read about it and thought it was an absolutely brilliant idea. So um quit my job. At that point, I was working for Mayor Giuliani of New York City, quit my job wow. and researched what he, Dr. Lane, was doing, uh, visited a couple of prisons in the United States that had dog programs, and then came back to New York and uh, propositioned the Department of Corrections for New York State to ask if I could start a prison dog program of my own. Awesome. Well, Gloria, first of all, um, why was it just because you wanted to be able to help prisoners, or what was what was your reason for even wanting to do it with the you know prison inmates? I, it was not, and it and it is not to help prisoners. It is to get more working dogs into the hands of people who need them. It turns out that inmates um, have the time and also the desire to give back to society and to do something right. So that's why an inmate population, if indeed um, correctly supervised and correctly trained, can become excellent dog handlers and dog trainers. But the premise was and still is that uh, dogs are amazing uh, beasts and dogs can be wonderful workers and getting more of them into um, into the mainstream America is indeed the, the premise behind Puppies and Bars. Well, what I found fascinating about it, because I've watched the videos and it, it really does see what you're doing is you're, you are changing the lives of those prisoners. I mean, they can come out of prison if indeed some of them, I know some of them don't, but you give them a purpose, but at the same time you give them something to love and and come out of prison with a sense of accomplishment and self-worth, I think. And so I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, and th- I mean, that definitely is one of the ramifications and one of the main ramifications. It's, it's not the mission of Puppies and Bars. It's certainly because we work with people who um, ha- don't have a lot of opportunity to do something right and don't have a lot of opportunity to contribute to society while they are incarcerated. Uh, this program gives them both, as you said, a sense of self-worth. It gives them tangible skills. Uh, inmates have to be in our program for 18 months for us to consider 
that they are a trained dog handler. So that's, that's quite a commitment. Mm-hmm. Most of our inmates are in our program for many years. So by the time they leave, sure, they've got marketable skills. They know how to train dogs. They know how to take care of ill dogs. They know how to groom dogs. And they certainly feel, I think, better about themselves as a result of having undertaken a very serious responsibility, having stuck with it, and having succeeded at it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. And I thought that was really, what a, what a great rehab program without even trying for it to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, the, the other question I have is, so you use, okay, these are service dogs that are bred and raised um, privately, right? Yeah, Puppy Sam Bars has its own very small breeding program, but primarily um, we get dogs, we either buy them from breeders or some of the dogs are on loan to us from service dog schools and we are raising the dogs for those schools. That's ah, great. Okay. And I understand that they're all Golden Retrievers and Labrador Retrievers. Yes. Hmm. Well, I've had Golden, so I know that they're just the greatest dogs. So that was a good choice because I'm sure that they're also, I mean, they're so trainable, too. Yeah. Now, Allison, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Gloria, you started a uh, a new program, I suppose, it is because you had the puppies behind bars. But then you yes. started one that was targeting specifically veterans or to help veterans, and you and you've called it Dog Cats. Yeah, so, and it's... it's it's under the rubric of Puppies and Bars. Puppies and Bars is a nonprofit organization, and we've got different subsidiaries, if you will. Um, Dog Tags is our latest initiative. The, the full name is Dog Tags Service Dogs for Those Who've Served Us. And as the name implies, we want to say thank you to the men and women fighting or who have fought in Iraq or Afghanistan who've come home wounded. And we want to say, we really appreciate what you've done for your country. We now want to do something for you. So we donate completely full of charge, free of charge, um, service dogs, either for veterans who are coming home with post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic brain injury or service, or service men and women who are coming home, uh, perhaps with a physical injury, um, an amputation, whatever. And we donate dogs to them and pay for all of the costs associated with getting one of our dogs into the hands of a vet. That's that is really amazing. Nice. And I think what a, what a great way to give back to those mm-hmm. who have served us. Um, yeah. You know, and the, yeah. the dogs, of course, are serving us as well. But it was I thought that was really phenomenal to hear. And I wished that we had had programs like this when my dad was serving, you know, yes. and back when, so that those veterans could have reaped the benefits. I'm just really want to thank you for starting a program like this. And we'll talk a little You're bit welcome. about some of, some of the other programs that you have. But this one especially is important today in light of the fact that we're celebrating our 4th of July tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. um, and for our veterans to know about this program, how do you let veterans, how do, how do you put these dogs together with the veterans so that, or how do they find out about it? Well, we, I must say that we right now can only do about 30 dogs a year, so it's a very limited program, and I have, as a result, been limited in how I've advertised it because we all know that the needs are, are great, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be in the position where emotionally we have to say no to that because we literally just yeah. don't have the dogs or the funding. So that having been said, we have approached two different VA hospitals and have put the word out that way and also through wounded warriors. The, uh, the process is that a veteran hears about us, 
they call or email us, and we send them an application which also has a two-page form on what does it really mean to have a service dog? Do you really feel like you're ready and able to incorporate a service dog into your life? Um, They read that, they think about it, they speak with their family members about it, and then they fill out the application. We then interview them over the phone. We would, after that process, if they sound like they're a likely candidate, we would talk to their psychologists, therapists, doctors to see if they think that the that the veteran is a likely candidate. If we have a dog that's a match, a match in terms of personality, a match in terms of skills, a match in terms of what the veteran's lifestyle is, we would put that veteran then in touch with one of two schools we work with and say, okay, we've got this dog, we've got this vet, we want to put them together, and then one of those two schools does the matching of the veteran and the dog. But again, we're limited. I mean, 30 dogs it sounds like a lot, but it's, it's, not, it's not very many. This brought another question to mind before we bring Allison in to talk about your connection, but um, do you perceive or do you foresee this pat- becoming possibly duplicated around the United States, this program, so that we could serve Yeah, there are already other programs that donate service dogs to veterans, and I think that for sure uh, the need is so great that if there are more programs that want to and are able to donate service dogs to veterans, I think it would be wonderful. Um, Tell us about your challenge that you uh, were able to fulfill recently, because I think this is going to help greatly, isn't it? We were given a $100,000 challenge grant by one of our donors, a private donor, um, and who said, if you match this, I will match this dollar for dollar up to $100,000, and all of the money will go to dog tags. Not only did we match that, but amazingly, another donor of ours found out about this, and she put up $100,000. So we have... Two $100,000 challenge grants, when both are met, that means we will have $400,000, which is obviously a significant amount of money, donated directly to dog tags, and that money will go to raising, training dogs, um, and getting veterans and dogs together. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we hope that the listeners hear that. How can they help with that particular challenge? They could go to our website, which is www.puppiesbehindbars.com. Right there on our homepage, it talks about the challenge grant, and they could make a donation online. Uh, They could call the office, or they could send a check-in or make a credit card donation. And any amount, I mean, literally, if it's a $2 donation, for us, that means $4. So every single dollar amount is matched. Oh, that is so great. Well, I hope a lot of people listening out there and even veterans who would like to see other veterans help would would help. And this brings me to Allison because Allison is a um, also producer and spokesperson for PetSide.com, which is an NBC um, website. And, um, of course, I've looked at that website a lot because I'm very fortunate. I have my blog listed there. So it's a really wonderful, navigable website. And I'm just wondering or curious how, Allison, you got together with Gloria. Well, I had been doing research on different organizations that we wanted to cover, and I stumbled upon um, Puppies Behind Bars. 
so I had reached out to Gloria and set up a time to go out there and actually go to one of the prisons and watch some of the, um, you know, uh, inmates with the dogs and watch them interact and actually sit in on one of their um, classes. So it was amazing. As soon as I got there, I knew this was something special. I knew that this was something that was going to help a ton of people, um, both, you know, inside prison and out. So... Um, we, when I was there, I had talked to Carl, which was one of the instructors, and he actually informed me of the dog tags program. So once he told me all about it, I knew this was something that we wanted to reach out to Gloria and actually kind of push, help them push a little further. Mm. So we had um, kind of helped build a little bit out on our website um, at PetSide to have um, people come and check it out and learn a little bit more about it. And how and people can find I mean you have you still have it listed up there on your website that's petside.com and people can go in and find out more about the program there as well as at the puppies behind bars site right yeah, absolutely. Um, we have actually, if you go on there, you can see some of the puppies that were in the program. Not all of these dogs will obviously be in the dog tags program, but it's just a sense of what, how, what they look like, what they're doing, how they are. I mean, we saw dogs from, um, I think, eight weeks up to almost one that's out of the program. And you just see the transformation from these tiny little puppies that, you know, come in intelligent but are just learning to these dogs that are advanced and are about to walk out the door and really help a lot of people. Oh, that's amazing. And they're about 18 months, isn't that right, Gloria, before they're pretty much ready? Um, 18 to 22 months. So we, we get them when they're eight weeks of age and we keep them for the next year and a half or longer. So it's a, it's a really deep bond and relationship that the inmate forms with the dog because, you know, that's a, that's a long time to have a puppy. It is, and to be with them 24-7. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I can tell you, I sat and spoke to um, some of the inmates, and they were just completely transformed by this program. I had talked to at least four where I actually sat down and, and spoke to them, and they loved it. I mean, some of these guys were on their second and third dogs and want to continue doing this until the time they leave. And most of them actually want to continue this once they get out. So yeah. I know I know that Gloria's whole mission really is to help um, you know people on the outside, but I can tell you that this program is certainly helping people, you know, on the inside, and it's it's unbelievable. That's like a bat, a byproduct that is right. such a great byproduct, Gloria, that you're helping those people so that when they do come out, they're going to be a contributing member of society, and a right. dog helped them become that. That's amazing. Yes. You know, and, and of course, dogs for Jeannie and I are a pretty big thing. I'm a big horse and dog lover, animal mm-hmm. lover, but horses and dogs hold a special place for me. And it just seems like they transcend barriers that humans don't. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I was watching the video, and I watched some of these hardcore prisoners, and I bet you can attest to this, Allison, as well, after having met and talked with them. They were struggling not to cry when they talked about former dogs that had that, that had been gone, you know, out to work with the human that they were going to be with. 
and help, but they, they had a, they had such fond memories of that particular dog, and it was hard for them not to cry. Oh, absolutely. I mean, to hear them talk about their dogs and how much they love them. But, you know, it's funny because these guys don't really, I mean, they look at them as their pet and they love them, but they know these dogs have a mission. And that is really what's most important to them is to get these dogs out there and have them work and really help people. That You, you ask any one of those, those men and they'll tell you that is the most important thing to them. They just want them to be successful. Now, and how that amazing I, is that, though, to hear from a prisoner who's there because of a crime, a lot of times very serious crime, and yet to care enough that this dog that they raised and trained is going to go to help somebody. Uh, it, it was honestly, I had to hold back the tears on a couple, and I can tell you, even talking to Carl, the instructor, he had actually, you know, almost cried at one point just talking about one of his students who had come in, and um, he won't, one of his students won't take another dog just because it was so hard for him to let go. But you know, he's slowly trying to get back into it. He still attends class. He still helps the other inmates, teach some of the dogs. He wants to be a part of it because he loves it that much and he's they're hoping to get another dog in his hands but um you know it's just these men are just completely into this program and they know you know the importance of it and it definitely gives you goosebumps even just to sit there and be a part of it and watch it and just know how it's affecting like i said both in you know people in and out it's just i love it a rather unselfish endeavor and i'm sure a huge undertaking for you to have taken on gloria yeah, and um, well, it's actually unselfish or selflessness is is one of the hallmarks of the program for the inmates. Um, you know, just to piggyback on what Allison has said, each of the inmates in the program will say, "Before I got involved in this, it was always about me, 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 me." Mm-hmm. Now I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is take my dog out to get go to the bathroom, then I come in, I make sure that she's had breakfast, then I give her toys, and then I think about taking a shower and getting right. breakfast. <laughs> and it is, you know, it's, it's I come second, and for a lot of these inmates, that hasn't happened before. So um, it's, it's that selflessness is something that I think all of us on the outside go through, either when our children leave home and go to college and we wish that they could stay, but we have to let go and it's selfless or we engage in charitable work to whatever degree. I think that normal life affords us those opportunities to do something for someone else and prison life doesn't. Puppies and bars does and that's one of the self-growth experiences that the inmates go through as a result of loving a dog that they know they are, again, as Allison said, preparing solely for someone else. Mm-hmm. I could just see this, if, if we had programs like this in every prison, how much it would change those people coming out of prison back into no society. Doubt. I'm really thinking that they would blend and be a contributing member. And that's just how much an animal, you know, as an animal lover, I could just see how much an animal would do that for you. But in particular this, because these dogs are giving their lives in service. And right. um, for a dog, that's like the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, can, they can teach us a whole lot about what it is to serve others and serve um, not only willingly, but serve as your sole purpose in life. And it's so much more rewarding than we 
I think humans, um, as a general rule, we can be very self-focused and selfish. And, and yet this is, like you said, Gloria, caring for something other than yourself is what gets you outside of yourself and focused on that. So I applaud what you're doing. And I'm, I'm glad that Allison found you so that it could get noticed by um, NBC. Well, thank and also, you. Uh, I understand you were featured in New York Times, the Dog Tags program. Yes, um, the New York Times did a wonderful piece on us, a really big article, and they followed it with a video. In the video, they interview the first of our soldiers to get a dog and what his life is like now with with our dog. And it, it, it was absolutely gorgeous, and that was picked up by a no, number of other media outlets. So we were really lucky that um, such prominent media, you know, thought, as, as Allison does and as NBC did, that this is a unique program that people would be interested in hearing about. It is. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'd like to talk with you about, uh, well, we do want to shine the spotlight on the PetSide website some, but we'd also like to hear some of the stories, some of the personal yeah. stories of the veterans who are receiving these dogs and how it is and you know helping them transition back into society as well, because that is also a transition that people often don't mm-hmm. think about. And, yep. you know, they think because somebody has has opted to go to war, <laughs> That, you know, because they've enlisted in the service and are going, that that was their choice. And, again, even though it is a choice, they, we, I still think because they're serving our country that what, what, what happens when they come back as part of our whole society should be our society's commitment. And I, that's why I'm really excited to talk about that in particular. So we hope everybody will just hang out for a minute. We're only going to be gone for a minute. And we'll be right back to talk with Gloria Gilbert-Stoga and Allison Bucala. We'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win With Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and Win with Dogs. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back. But our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. If you're just joining us, welcome back. I'm Dr. Kim, one of your hosts, together with Jeannie Thomason. And today we are speaking with Ellison Bucullo of (laughs) PetSide.com and also Gloria Gilbert-Stoga of Puppies Behind Bars and, in particular, today their Dog Tags program. So, welcome back, everybody. Gloria, when we were, um, and I really want to leave everybody with this feeling of how this is helping our returning veterans, um, before we do, Allison, would you tell our audience a little bit about the PetSide.com website and why that was, um, how, what, what even motivated NBC to put this together? I'm sure it's partly because pets are such a huge thing nowadays. 
Absolutely. I think a lot of us here, well, first of all, PetSide.com um, kind of has a little bit of everything. It's basically based, based on health and wellness. So we're really trying to help pet owners um, out there um, get a sense of, of what they can you know, do for their pet along the way, along the lifespan of, of their um, pet's life. And we're kind of there to help hopefully answer questions um, that they might have. And we have a, a nice little resource there. Um, we also have something called Pet Vet if they have any medical questions and um, uh, a breed list what's, where they can what's get her name? information. The veterinarian that's there, um, uh, Doctor Lauren. Right. Okay. Doctor Lauren is our in-house vet, and she does answer questions if people, you know, go onto the site and and um, email her. So she is there. She is answering them as many as she can. And you know, I we want to get the time. <laughs> oh, I, she gets a ton. You wouldn't believe it. So, um, but PetSide, you know, was definitely a. a plan. Actually, I had worked for NBC for nine years, um, working for what they call the NBC agency. And um, my boss there had thought about, you know, coming up. He was a huge pet lover and was like, why is not, you know, NBC needs to get involved. We have the resources. Let's do something with pets. So I got on board. I knew this was going to be special. I left that career behind and I, and I kind of jumped on board with this um, idea and, and wanted to help out. So that's sort of how that all came about. Um, so, you know, PetSide.com kind of is there for all the pet lovers out there to, to go and, and help. It's a, it's a great, you know, interactive website. So I'm glad that they, um, and I'm, it's good to hear that they're, uh, the, the, the head behind this is the pet lovers. So that's good news too. Yeah, I keep finding more and more you know, at NBC, everybody uh, loves pets, and you know we're hopefully going to get some of the um, talent on board to do a couple blogs and talk about their pets. Because let me tell you, it seems like more and more people are talking about their pets and how much they really, really, truly love them oh. and they're a part of the family. Trust me, um, it's a passionate, passionate arena. Yeah, I actually brought my dog to work yesterday, and and he was a hit, so it was wonderful. Oh, good for you! That's <laughs> there are hit everywhere you go. You can go to a park, and no one will talk to you. Take your dog with you. Everyone talks. That's to you. right. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. Well, Gloria, tell us some of these stories about the veterans, because I'm curious to hear. First of all, what these um, you know men and women come back as, you know how they're coming back, and I know that they're struggling, and I know that they're really trying to get back into this society, which is a completely different world than they've been living in for however long that they've been over in Iraq or Afghanistan, and now they're going to come back, and I know a lot of them are coming back pretty injured, you know, missing limbs and so forth. So, would you share with us a couple of stories about them, at least? Sure. Um, our, at this point, we have only placed two dogs with veterans. Um, our third dog is being placed uh, July 8th, so in, in a couple of days. And then we have five dogs that will be placed with vets in September. But, I, I you know, so it's a nascent program. That having been said, the first two dogs that we placed and also the, the dog that we're about to place on Monday um, have gone to soldiers with post-traumatic stress disorder and or traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. One of the hallmarks of post-traumatic stress disorder is short-term memory, lo- memory loss. Um, also, a fear to go out in public. And all of the soldiers' um, applications that we've gotten, the soldiers who have gotten our dogs say, you know, I used to be really outgoing. I engaged in sports. I did this. I was a volunteer fireman, whatever. And now I come home and I cannot go out my front door. I'm just petrified to be in crowds. 
I'm scared if somebody's approaching me on the street. They may be walking down a normal sidewalk. I see them as perhaps someone who wants to injure me. I'm petrified um, if I'm standing in line and someone comes up from behind. So specific stories are our first dog, whose name is Pax, a yellow Labrador retriever, went to a veteran named Bill. And Bill is um, an Iraqi, an Operation Iraqi Freedom vet. Bill came home prior to going to Iraq, was um, an avid outdoorsman, loved to take photographs, was a marine biologist, so his whole career was in the outdoors and, and wildlife. He came home and he literally found himself unable to even go to the supermarket on his own. He was just so afraid. And when I first spoke to him, he gave me this example, which is, you know, talk about goosebumps and chilling. He said, if my wife who works, he, Bill, can no longer work. He's 100% disabled because of his PTSD and his traumatic brain injury. He said, if my wife just asked me to get milk from the store during the day, just, you know, Bill, go to the store and pick up milk, he said, this is what I have to do. I have scoped out the store to find out when it's least crowded. I know exactly where the milk aisle is. I know exactly the brand of milk, the type of milk, skim versus low fat versus 1%, and exactly the size. So that when I go to that store, I hone in on exactly what I'm going to get. I don't have to stand there deliberating, looking at the different sizes or prices because I'm scared somebody's going to come up and say, may I help you, sir? And I don't want that. I don't want to have to interact. So I go in. I get exactly the milk I need. I go to the checkout line. If someone comes up behind me in the checkout line, I get so scared, I just leave the milk and I walk out of the store because I don't know who that person behind me is. So this was a real-life scenario, if you will, that this veteran told me when he first contacted me, which was a year ago, actually. It was July 2007. Bill got our dog packed in February 2008, and his local um, TV station did an interview with him, and lo and behold, Pax and Bill go to the supermarket together now on a regular basis. Bill has an entire shopping list, and he can literally do the shopping because of the following things. One, if someone comes up to talk to, to Bill, the focus is the dog. Oh, you know, why do you have a dog in a supermarket? Why does that dog have a jacket on? So instead of Bill having to talk to somebody about needing help or help me find this milk, the dog is the center of attention and Bill doesn't feel as frightened. In addition, Pax has been taught a, spe- a couple of special commands and one is he literally will watch Bill's back. So they're standing in the checkout line. Bill and the dog are obviously facing the same direction or would obviously be facing the same direction, which is towards the cashier. But instead, Bill's facing forward and Pax comes and sits on Bill's left side and sits facing backwards so that Bill literally has a sense that his dog is watching his back. And when somebody comes, it's extraordinary. When somebody comes up from behind, if Bill just, if Pax just maintains his sit, Hmm. Bill knows, okay, nothing's odd about that person. That person isn't doing anything that could be harmful because my dog would not just be sitting calmly if this person were bad. So that's just, it's a, it's a small thing, but it's a huge thing that 
not only can Bill go out to public, but some of the onus of this caretaker, who in this case is his wife, is relieved from Bill because the dog has enabled him to do an errand and do some of the household chores. Um, another example, and, and this is a veteran who just wrote me this in an email um, about, I don't know, a week ago. He was driving down the road with his dog, our dog, his dog, Yankee, also Yellow Lab, on the floor of the passenger seat, which is where our dogs sit, and a truck came at him. And the, the vet thought that the truck was coming kind of fast, and he had a flashback. And he flashed back to being in war. He also is an OIF veteran, an Operation Iraqi Freedom vet. And he had a flashback that this truck was coming at him. And in Iraq, as he said, if vehicles don't stop, you're trained to shoot. So he flashed back to literally being in a Humvee. And he said one of the he was he was a sergeant, is still a sergeant. He said one of the things you do is you put your hand on your gunner's leg to signal to shoot. You make the decision. You're the sergeant. You make the decision. He said, I reached over. I put my hand down. I'm about to cry. Talk about, you know, welling up with tears. And instead of a gunner's leg, it was Yankee's fur. And all of a sudden, I was brought back to, I'm not in Iraq. I'm not in my Humvee. This is my car. My dog is at my side. He said, I pulled over, and I just sat there, and I pet, and I pet, and I pet Yankee. And Yankee let me know, I'm back in the States. It's okay. It was a truck. It was a normal truck driver driving down the road. That in itself is just an extraordinary, you know, the dog helped him be in the moment instead of being in the flashback. Um, we're hoping that these kinds of stories will be repeated, and I know they will, oh, with yeah. other veterans who get our dogs, so that the dogs do, as you said, the dogs help them assimilate back into society when the society they've been living in for the last year or 15 or 18 months has been so unlike what home is like. Mm-hmm. I tell you, Gloria, that actually had me pretty emotional. I had to gather oh, yeah. what you were talking about. <laughs> so quiet. Because my dad was a World War II vet who he fought the Japanese in Okinawa, and he came back mm-hmm. with what is now known as PTSD. Mm-hmm. And same things would happen to him, only he didn't have right. a, a wonderful dog by his side to bring him back and so forth. So, um, you know, as he grew older, it wasn't as quite as severe, but I watched him as a child go through it, and so it was emotional for me to hear that story as well as as the other one, and I'm really, I am so grateful that you are doing this program, and I am so grateful that these dogs are, you know, they're there, and they're doing this to help people with just their presence, even, but the amount of training this training that you guys are doing, and, and before we run out of time and I ask you to, to share your parting words of wisdom with our audience, I would like for you to tell the audience about some of your other programs that you have through, um, uh, through Puppies Behind Bars. Uh, in 2005, we started a program we call Pause and Reflect, P-A-W-S and Reflect. Our dogs, let me backtrack for a second, our dogs come into Manhattan every single weekend to get exposed to the chaos of the city um, so that that, gets, that makes them stronger dogs uh, when they're working dogs, that they kind of seen there, been there, you know, seen there, seen it, been there, done it. Because once you can handle New York, you can probably handle almost anything whether you're human or canine. So our dogs come into New York every single weekend. 
we have what we call puppy shuttles. And I read an article about homebound elderly in New York, and I thought, oh, my God, how horrible to be in this city, which offers so much, which is so vast, and yet you're totally alone, and you literally can't even get out of your apartment because for health reasons. So I thought, you know, the dogs are here anyhow. The homebound elderly are here. Why can't we put the two together? So we started Pause and Reflect. Every single weekend, our dogs go to the apartments of the homebound elderly. They stay for 45 minutes. We say to the elderly, we're not making passive visits to you. Instead, we're asking if you would literally partner with us, become a volunteer for Puppies and Bars, help expose our dogs to your wheelchair, to your walker, to your oxygen machine, help expose our dogs to somebody who is frail physically and emotionally. So our dogs serve, yes, of course, they, they the visits are, are healing and are happy for the elderly person, but it's kind of like with the inmate, we say, even though you aren't directly part of society, you still have something to contribute, and that's what we say to the elderly person. Uh, at this point, we make 350 visits a year, and a number of our volunteers who visit the elderly with our dogs have established such friendships with the elderly people that it's not only the dog bringing, um, coming in and wagging its tail, but it's also the human who's coming to visit the elderly person. We do the, um, one visit per person every other week. So twice a month, you know, an elderly person gets a visit from us. Mm. You're a wise woman to yeah. also ha- have them, you know, feeling like I'm actually helping these yeah. dogs mm-hmm. do their yeah. job. And mm-hmm. at the same time, these dogs are helping them. I just think that what you're doing is wonderful, Gloria. And I am, again, I want to thank PetSide.com and Allison for bringing this, your whole organization to the world's attention. And you both are just, you're doing amazing work. And I thank you. And thank you for um, sh- shining such a light on this important human-animal bond because um, really how interdependent our lives are with animals and how much that they they enrich our lives and how much they serve us. So thank you for what you're doing. And in closing, um, I don't know who wants to go first. We'll let whichever one of you want to go first and share your parting words of wisdom with the audience. We would really like them to walk away with knowing um, after listening to you both. I can go really quick because I'm sure Gloria has a lot to say and she's <laughs> more important than I am. <laughs> but I, I mean, I can tell you that, um, you know, Petside knew they had to, you know, cover this um, program, both Puppies Behind Bars and Dog Tags. And it really just shows you, like you said, the human-animal bond. And, you know, pets are like people. I mean, these guys, they love you unconditionally and they really bring out the best in everybody. And I think that's the main, um, you know, message here that, you know, in Inmate, you know, wounded soldier, person on the street. I mean, these dogs are helping everybody, and it's just you really said important. It right, Allison, you said they bring out the best in us, and I think mm-hmm. that was that was really the thought, and that's exactly right. And I hope everybody will visit the PetSide.com website and see what they're doing there. And thank you for your work you're doing there, Allison. Thank you. I guess um, I would piggyback on that again. You know, years ago, uh, we started in 1997 in a women's maximum security prison, and then in 98 moved to a men's medium security prison. And one of the male inmates said to me shortly after getting a puppy, and I'll never forget this because it is, it, it is so true, he said, you know, this dog is allowing me to feel human again. 
And I, I think that that's, that's exactly what dogs do. Um, in prison, there isn't an awful lot of opportunity for being outside the norm, being outside the mold. Um, one inmate said to me, you know what I want, why I want to be in this program? I want to help somebody, but I also want chaos in my life. Everything's so structured. With a puppy, everything's going to be different every single day. And when I get released, I know that in society, everything's different every day. So this is going to help prepare me. Um, I think that, you know, dogs are just 100% goodness and they have no idea what they do for us. Um, just by, you know, giving us a kiss or looking at us and wagging their tail or just by doing a command that we ask, they make us feel like we're great. And they do that, you know, just by dint of being so wonderful and loving. Uh, and we find that with our homebound elderly, that the homebound elderly have said, you know, you, you've made me feel like the old me. You've made me feel like I can still do something. And it's not us who've done that. It's the dogs. Right. But you put this together, and thank you so much for what you're doing, and we hope that everybody will get involved and help meet that matching fund. Uh, this thank is you. an important program, and it's an important program to every American in this country, no matter what your take is on anything to do with war or whatever, it doesn't matter. These people deserve our help when they come back, and these dogs Absolutely. have no problem serving us. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. you know, they just do it, and they, and they love having their job. And again, this is helping the prisoners as well. So all the way around, this is contributing to society as a whole, and I think it's such a wonderful thing that you are doing. And again, I want to thank both of you, because I know you're both very busy people. Thank you for taking time out and being with us today, both you, Gloria and Elton. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you tell, very much. And tell Laura Goldberg thank you for bringing um, yeah. for, for orchestrating the show for us all. Uh, I will. In the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagon, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.